<laughs> that was awesome. Well, sometimes things happen in the world that force me or others when they're preaching to rewrite sermons. I can't stand it when that happens. But this week was one of those weeks, except for the, the difference this time is that I happily spent time on Saturday, yesterday, rewriting this one, all because Cody Bellinger, after a dreadful season, came through in the clutch, pushing the Dodgers into the NLCS series with his huge hit that drove in the game-winning run against the San Francisco Giants. Now, I love an unlikely hero. I always have. I love the underdog. I love those stories, and I like them in scripture as well. Cody Bellinger was the unlikeliest hero of the Dodgers postseason run. Most people, including me, thought that he shouldn't even have been in the game, as literally every single Dodger had a better season than Bellinger. But fortunately, manager Dave Roberts still believed in Cody, even when others like me had given up hope. We'll return to Bellinger shortly, and I'll admit that I will be saying something vastly different than what I originally intended. (laughs) Well, the context in which our text comes to us Today, from God's word, was a time where there was plenty of religious activity going on. There were priests serving and rituals being practiced. But the scriptures say that it was also a time when the word of the Lord was rare and the voice of the Lord was not being heard. It was a time of total chaos, the conditions really couldn't have been much worse. The time of Israel's leadership under the judges was this miserable failed experiment which pushed them towards a monarchy and the rule of a king. Here are just a few of the things that were going on that God was particularly unhappy about. They had set up an alternative worship system. There was this like epidemic going on with the abuse and oppression of women. The nation was falling apart. It was rotting from the inside out. And in fact, it was such a dark time in their history that God's covenant promises made to Abraham seemed like they were in jeopardy. Would God even continue the covenant with this, as scripture calls them, stiff-necked, stubborn people. (laughs) Well, this morning, we're going to look at God's response to this dilemma, and it will surprisingly come as the call of a teenager, a boy, a prophet named Samuel, who would once again make God's voice heard in Israel, a voice that would call the people to faithfulness justice, and love. But we can't overlook the Cody Bellinger of the Bible, an unlikely hero named Eli, who came through in the clutch when God needed him the most. 
Friends, here we go. We're going to read from 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 18. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again Samuel, but this time Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up, he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell his vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am, Eli. What was it that God told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, and he hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are 20 different sermons within this one passage. I am only going to preach one of those 20. <laughs> Samuel was born during a pivotal moment in Israel's history. He's first introduced to the story by his mother, Hannah, before we, where we started to read. Now, the Bible doesn't always name and tell the story of women. So the fact that Hannah is mentioned by name, the fact that her story is recorded is significant. Her story serves as a contrast to the stories of the objectification and abuse of women that were called out in the book of Judges. 
she is a special person. Samuel's mother was childless, and unlike other stories of barrenness in scripture, Hannah does not find a surrogate. Instead, she takes her concerns to God. And Samuel is the answer to her prayers. And Samuel will be the answer for the people of Israel that would help guide them back to God. She honors God by placing young Samuel under the care and service of the old priest Levi. Now, I find it fascinating that the scriptures say that Samuel was serving God without even knowing God. That point alone could be a whole sermon for another day. Now, let's talk about Eli for a moment by running with a baseball analogy. I am calling Eli the Cody Bellinger of the Bible. Now, I love Cody Bellinger. There he is. He's young, he's athletic, and he is famously handsome. But this year is not his year. It has been a real struggle for him with career lows in batting average, home runs, RBIs, and career highs in all the wrong places like strikeouts. I think he even held the National League's worst batting average for quite some time. Now, in fairness, he's been injured. He started the season after shoulder surgery from his World Series celebration last year that dislocated his arm, and now he's been playing with some cracked ribs. Well, unlike Bellinger, who is young and injured and in the prime of his life and career, Eli is a little bit different. He's grown old, he's weary, and he's going blind. When Bellinger now comes up to the plate, Everybody groans. His new nickname this year has actually become Automatic Out. (laughs) The fans have been so frustrated. They want the manager to sit Bellinger for someone else who might be able to get the job done. Well, like Bellinger, Eli is the strikeout king. He's the priestly version of the Automatic Out. Even God wanted to sit him down in favor of the younger and more up-and-coming talent in Samuel. He was going through the motions of his duties as priest. He was slow to see. He was slow to hear. He was slow to act. God wanted Eli to step it up to get some hits but the guy lacked the courage to stand in the box and swing the bat. His sons were scoundrels of the worst kind. Scripture alludes that these sons of his were rapists and thieves, and he had done absolutely nothing about it. You can see right there why God might be upset with Eli and his family. Blind Eli now has to step up to the plate one last time and get a hit. His track record was bad. Of course, we have to ask, will he strike out on three straight pitches 
or will he make some changes to his swing and figure it out? The drama builds as Samuel hears the voice of God and mistakenly thinks it's Eli. Eli swings and misses a fastball right down the middle of the plate. Strike one. He sends Samuel back to bed. Samuel again hears God call to him, but again he mistakes the voice of Eli's for Eli's. And Eli swings and misses a hanging slider that was supposed to be down and away, but hung right over the middle of the plate. Strike two. Eli gets one more pitch, one more chance to get it right. And the third time Samuel wakes up, hearing God's voice, this time the near blind Eli somehow saw the pitch coming. Maybe he stole a sign. Maybe he knew what it was. Maybe his eyesight was just barely good enough, but he crushes a curveball. He hits one out of the park when he tells young Samuel that God is the one that's calling him. And then if he hears that voice again, he was to answer the call. Well, my original question for today was going to be this. The big question for the Dodgers is, will Cody Bellinger continue to strike out? Or like Eli, finally get a hit? Well, Bellinger answered that question. He proved me and just about everybody else wrong by not only getting a hit, but by becoming the unlikely hero of the whole postseason so far. My favorite response to Bellinger's huge hit was Michelle Lindroth's dad, Ed, who texted her saying this, even a blind squirrel gets a nut once in a while. (laughs) Maybe Eli is the Cody Bellinger of the Bible. Personally, I find myself relating to Eli, the automatic out, the guy whose vision is obscured, who's slow to hear God's word and even slower to act in dealing with the injustice that was all around him, including within his own family. But even though he's slow to get it in the end, he acts courageously, almost heroically, even when it means his own demise. How many people do that? Even when it brings judgment on his family, he acts in faithfulness. Now, I don't want to speak for anybody but myself, but I am often slow to see, hear, and act on God's word. Like Bellinger, I strike out all the time. (laughs) If there's hope for Bellinger and there's hope for Eli, maybe there's hope for me. Maybe there's hope for you. Eli, whose priestly dynasty is about to come to an end. He acts with courage and humility. He discerns well. He had been quite a failure and in many regards up to this point. He could have acted out of jealousy that Samuel would be taking his place. But look what he does. He doesn't block Samuel. He doesn't thwart him. Instead, he rightly recognizes what God was up to and he stepped up to the plate. Even when God chooses to diminish his role as priest and judge his sons 
as unworthy of the priesthood. He still was an encouragement to Samuel to raise up the next generation leader in Samuel, and he works for his success, the success of someone else. Even when Samuel delivers the bad news to him, Eli responds with grace. He is God and will do that which is good in his eyes. What a response in a very difficult situation. When things don't go my way, I want to be able to be half as graceful as Eli. God sees things differently than we do. God has the freedom and the power to do as God pleases. And Eli gets it. That's it is he who serves God and not the other way around. Sometimes we want a God created in our own image. A God who loves who we love, a God who hates who we hate. We want a God that we can control. But Eli, for all of his foolishness, knows that God is free to do what God deems as good in God's eyes. A good that we often miss. A good that works for those whom we like and whom we don't like. And what about Samuel? Samuel will go on to play the role of judge, military leader, prophet, and priest. And God would use Samuel to transition Israel from a period of being ruled by judges to a new period of being ruled by kings. Samuel did his job well. He held Israel together during a time of major transition. Well, the truth is that God still calls us today. And maybe the question for us is, can we hear that call? Can we discern the voice of God over the other voices clamoring for our attention? Who are the Eli's of our lives that help us to better hear the voice of God who is calling us. Maybe those people are our unlikely heroes. Well, our story from Samuel led me to a verse in Philippians in the New Testament, which reads like this. It says, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will, and to work for God's good pleasure. I truly believe God calls every one of us to join God out there in the transformation of our communities and our world. God graces us with dreams, visions, talents, and skills to do this kind of work. All of us have these things by grace. Both Cody Bellinger and Eli give me some hope. They are unlikely heroes for sure. When I'm slow to see what God is up to, when I'm slow to hear the voice of God speak, when I'm slow to act in response to injustice and slow to join God on mission, I learn that I just might get another pitch to hit because God 
keeps calling me and you over and over again to respond. I see Eli as an unlikely hero, imperfect for sure, but in the end, responsive to God's voice and purposes in the world. And Cody Bellinger helped me to learn this lesson in a very real way this past week. Never give up hope because God will keep calling us to greater faithfulness. And even a blind squirrel gets a nut once in a while. (laughs) When we hear that voice calling us, may we answer like the young Samuel at the direction of his mentor, Eli. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen.